You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And we are from MindRobber.net, the home site of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all of the things on podcasts, like this one, The Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who, The Mind Robbers Versus, where we're currently talking about Justice League Unlimited, episode by episode. Pretty soon we're going to be covering Veronica Mars. That's also the podcast where we do in-depth movie reviews, for films such as Thor The Dark World and uh, Hunger Games Catching Fire. So uh, check those out there. And then there's our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we basically talk about everything else. If you like our shows, you should review them on iTunes. If you have questions, comments, concerns, email us, podcast at mindrobber.net. And if you want to start a discussion, add it to the comments so everyone can know what you're thinking. But most importantly, tell your friends. About us. Um... <laughs> So, uh, so we've been doing this. Uh, we've been doing this countdown of uh, of doctors for a while, and we've reached uh, number one. Um, so we're we're at William Hartnell, and we're at an unearthly child, um, which is the first Doctor Who story of all time. Um, I actually accidentally watched the first episode twice because there's an unaired pilot, and it freaked me out. Because um, it's you guys, because it's exactly the same, only not. <laughs> weird <laughs> i thought i was on drugs um so uh it's just weird to see something that's directed exactly the same and most of the lines are exactly the same but little changes like like the takes are a little different and then the extras are different mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm just like that is not who was doing that before what is going on <laughs> um but uh, but but uh, yeah. So we're doing an unearthly child, um, and then of course stay tuned after we talk about an unearthly child because we're going to talk about an adventure in space and time, which is the uh, Doctor Who biopic thing. Um, so we're going to talk about that too. But first, an unearthly child. Um, uh, something tells me there's some background and significance to this one. Um, I don't know what it could possibly be. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, unearthly child. It's the one that introduces Susan for the first time. So I mean that's. <laughs> really that's really great no like you said first doctor who story ever uh went out november 23rd 1963 um as you can imagine there's a lot of background to it um i I almost don't want to go into all of it just because there's so much a lot of like who did what and this did who um what's important to note is that uh watch an adventure in space of time yeah watch an adventure in space and time and you'll get a bunch of it um but basically, uh, there was this guy, Sidney Newman, who had come from Canada and had just been put in charge of the BBC um, or in charge of, like, dramatic programming. And he wanted to do a science fiction show because he had, like, 25 minutes to fill. So he came up with this idea to do a time travel show. Um, 
And so he was like, he was like throwing around ideas and like, he's kind of the dude who created the show, like in terms of just like, I want to, I want to do this. I want to do that. Like, this sounds like a really fun thing. And so if you look up all the information, like he's, he's like throwing around ideas, like these names going to be Dr. Who I want. Um, I want him to have like, I want there to be a young person. I want them to be like two middle aged people. And I want the doctor to be older. Um, and so, <clears throat> excuse me, he, um, he just kind of like he just kind of starts filling it out and um and and uh, tweaking it and trying to make it good and i mean there's a lot of interesting things it, what what i think is most interesting is that the pilot kind of has two writers um newman brings in a writer named c e weber and weber has all these <laughs> really kind of crazy ideas he has all these good ideas like the first episode should be about the doctor meeting this girl like the doctor having this or, or this girl being weird and these two like characters being swept away which is kind of exactly what happens in the first story um and but weber also has this idea that the doctors from the 49th century hates technology and hates progress and comes to a simpler time which uh newman's just like that's cynical we're not doing that um, so, so he brings in, he has Weber in there and then he brings in a dude named Anthony Coburn and Coburn comes in with all these interesting ideas. Coburn's the one who comes up with the idea to do a, um, a caveman story. Uh, Newman famously like wants it to be very educational. He needs it to be year round. Um, so there are all these ideas for new and upcoming stories. Newman doesn't want, as he calls them, bug eyed monsters. That's, that is a very famous thing that was said. Um, and so he's against like science fiction doing really wacky zany things because he wants it to be like kind of grounded in science and fun for children and, and, and educational and all sorts of fun things like that. Um, so at a certain point, he um, he has a dude named Brooks Tucker kind of overseeing the project, but just until they can find a real producer. At a certain point, he finds Verity Lambert, who is impossibly important. Um, she's the one who kind of produces the whole thing and is a young, hungry producer, uh, a woman. Uh, which is which I think is fascinating considering it's 1963, um, mm -hmm. and uh, she a kind young of young woman too, very young, like 27. This it's like her first production thing, um, and if you look at what Verity Lambert did, like she was like on the floor producing a live television program. <laughs> In which uh, one of the actors died in the middle of the filming of the live television program. Um, <laughs> she had to hold everything together and they didn't have commercial breaks. <laughs> so what? she had to hold it together. So she's crazy. Um, what show was that? I don't remember. But it's in, it's out there somewhere. Like it's... It's nuts when you look at like when when you think about like oh you're shooting something live and someone died on like off camera like off camera like he died between like while he was off off camera he just died and they were just like oh god like how do we do this so you have a dude who's like rewriting things five minutes before they start doing them and throwing them in the actors lines apparently it works out okay because the because uh, the 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 play revolved around this show revolved around the absence of that character but like now they couldn't have him show up because well 20 feet away he's dead um <laughs> So like so like she had like a little bit of experience, but this was like her first like real producing thing, and she like really fought for things. She was a big champion of the show and really pushed to make it something um, really special and really amazing. Um, you have Mervyn Pinfield, who's an associate producer, and you of course eventually have the introduction of William Hartnell and uh, 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 oh William Russell as Ian Chesterton and uh, Barbara played by Jacqueline Hill and Susan played by Caroline Ford. 
and it just kind of it just kind of goes from there it's it, it was it's just interesting to me in that you know there was a there was a small controversy recently where uh the the son or grandson of ce weber uh filed suit against the bbc because he was just like the tardis is my father's and you can't have it and it's just like Dude, even Anthony Coburn is not taking a, a created by credit for Doctor Who. Doctor Who is a thing that was kind of created by the BBC. Like, more than not, it kind of was. Um, mm -hmm. Which is insane. Yeah. It's... It was the weird... It's the thing that I think took the longest for me to wrap my head around. Like, Regeneration, I was fine. Like... <laughs> I was fine with that. But when I was like looking up, I was like, who, who do I blame for this? Like the person you actually blame is Sidney Newman, like Sidney Newman for like conceiving and kind of putting into motion. And then Verity Lambert for doing the actual birthing process. Um, mm -hmm. Like those Cause two. Even, are... Cause even his version, like it's such, it's just such a, a stone soup kind of show. Yeah, definitely. Um, that it's, it's, it's just bizarre. Cause mm -hmm. like, Everything comes together accidentally. Like, that's the story of Doctor Who, is just everything comes together accidentally. Yeah. But, like, that, but the format absolutely comes from Sidney Newman, which is just like the, just the fact that he created this format that was so pliable. Mm -hmm. And, like, when you compare, like, what he invented it, created it to do versus what it is now or what it eventually become became at the time or you compare it to like what he created to like the 96 movie and it's just mind-boggling yeah really because it's all the same thing like yeah it's all the same thing and like i mean every time that someone asks me like why is doctor who like your favorite show i just go well because it's infinitely pliable in a way that no other show I have ever seen has been like mm -hmm. there isn't a show that I think can do nearly as much as Doctor Who. The only show that I can think of is actually of all things supernatural. Um, and even then supernatural is kind of locked into a format um, where, you know, it kind of will die with Sam, Sam and Dean. Whereas this show, although it wasn't planned at the time can survive because um, all basically all that's missing from this story in terms of, uh, what can't this do is um, regeneration. And that's a thing that just comes in 10th planet. And once you have that, then your show is basically good forever. Um, yeah. Which I think is really interesting. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things. If you want more background, read, watch Adventure of Space and Time. But there's a lot of interesting things about, like, how it was created, where it's just, like, it's from these people. Like, these people who had no idea how what they were doing was going to affect anything and no one on that show, no one working on it could have possibly conceived that it was going for like 13 episodes let alone like 50 years um and being one of the longest running programs ever and surely the longest running sci-fi program ever um mm -hmm. kind of crazy kind of totally totally crazy um oh, yeah so yeah all right. Well, uh, before we talk about the episode itself, I um, want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you can get from a local comic book shop. You place your orders two to three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off, regular discounts of 40% off. Uh, then when they come in, uh, you can ship as often as you like, and they charge you when they ship the order, Amazon style. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so, so like you, you can ship weekly or bi-weekly or monthly, whatever, whatever you want, however often you want your, your stuff. Um, and you only pay six ninety five every time that it ships out, um, for shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. Um, 
Okay, so an unearthly child. I think what's interesting about an unearthly child, more than anything, um, because uh, parts two through four are whatever. A um, lot of lot of Uggs and talking about fire. Um, but the first part, I think, as a Doctor Who fan, and anyone who listens to this presumably is a Doctor Who fan, if you have not seen the first episode of An Unearthly Child, and specifically the first episode, like if you see the pilot, like don't don't try try to skip the pilot. I mean, it's worth seeing. It is, but like, I wish I hadn't watched it first. I wish I had watched the regular episode first and then watched the pilot. Yes, um, but alas, uh, accidents happen. Um, I, uh, I I think every I think you owe it to yourself to watch the first episode of An Unearthly Child because it's it's it stands on its own. I mean, it has a cliffhanger, but barely. Um, it really stands on its own, and I think what's what's so interesting about the first episode specifically is that I mean, it's the beginning of Doctor Who, and it's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest thing um, because there's stuff like cutaway gags. <laughs> which I was not expecting in 1963. Um, and I remember I was like watching it. And I was like, I don't understand why they're shooting it this way. Like, why is Susan by herself in these scenes? Like, why are we looking at these scenes through the POV of the teachers? And I was like, oh, right. They're, they're editing this live. So she's in another room doing this and they're just cutting to it live. Um, that's why the teachers aren't in the room. And I just, <laughs> I realized that watching an adventure in space and time. And I was like, oh, Wow, TV was weird back then. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but I um, I loved this first episode. Like I loved it so much. It was so good, and it was just crazy iconic in a way that I was expecting. But I I don't even I don't really think to this level. Like it it shocked me how much about the Doctor and about Doctor Who was all in this first episode. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, it took them the failure of the pilot and the, the redo of the pilot to get it right. Um, because in the first version, the doctor is just way too angry um, and abrasive and just not a good person. He's a crabby <laughs> pants. Yeah, well, is. and he's very violent. Yes, um, yes. Which is weird. Uh, so, like, that was the one thing. When I watched the pilot, I was like, really? This is the doctor this early on? And then it started playing again. I thought I was in drugs, and then I realized what happened. Um because when the doctor showed up again, he was like, he was like, you know, it's really nice <laughs> and just kind of goofy. And I was like, oh, okay, there he is. Um, uh, but, but yeah, so it's, it's the, that first episode is really, really good. And honestly, if it wasn't for the other three parts, um, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't like, I think that an earthly child, like the very first episode is probably one of my favorite episodes of Dr. Who ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never say an unearthly child is one of my favorite stories, but that episode certainly is. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's so, it just feels so special. It's yeah, the beginning of everything. It's yeah. awesome. I mean, my, the thing about that is, that I think is interesting is like I've I've heard people just because because what you're saying is kind of what everyone says, and that's not like me putting you down. It's just like it's it's common knowledge that when you watch Unearthly Child, like you watch the first one, you're like that's pretty good, and then you watch the next one, you're like oh, and. <laughs> And it's not that I don't think that the next three are bad, because I've seen this several times at this point, and I think that the last three episodes are actually quite good and enjoyable, and I really like them. The problem is that it's a 
totally different story from the first one. Um, yeah. Totally, totally different. And, um, I mean, I, I know I keep bringing back to Sandifer, but, like, I mean, guys has good ideas. When he blogged about this, he blogged about the first episode, and then he blogged about the next three. And I think that that's actually a better way to treat this whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. Because it is, like... It is the thing where it's like, there's Unearthly Child, and then there's 100,000 BC, or whatever they want to call that next story. Um, because right. I totally agree. I think that Unearthly Child is stunningly good. Like, stunningly good. And it's partially because they got to redo it. Um, but also because it's just... Just ridiculous. Like, it's so clear that it wants to be a story that's shrouded in mystery. It wants to be about these people, and it is about these people, and it is about the companions, which is not kind of what you expect. And looking at it, it is a very small opening for a show that's really big. And I know that it's funny to compare it to this, but like, compare this to the next time they attempted to reboot the show, and that was um uh, the 96 movie, and how wrong the 96 movie got it. Like, yeah. how wrong it is. Because the thing is, like, uh, Doctor Who is not amazing because of its mythology, regardless of what uh, Doctor Who fans will make you believe. It's, fa it's fantastic because it's a show that can do anything, and what it decides to do is a small personal drama. Um, watching... The Susan beg for the lives of Ian and Barbara is a fascinating decision. Um, it is a great sort of thing to to uh, to to have happen. Um, I mean, and that's more of a uh, pilot thing. It's much more pronounced in the pilot because the doctor's just like, I think we're going to kill them by bringing us by bringing them with us. Like that's kind of his argument. Um, <clears throat> but looking at it, it's just. I can't think of a better first episode of anything and amazing because like it holds up like it just holds up it's fantastic and I remember that um right before I was going to get into the classic series there was a friend of mine who had seen all the show and was talking to me about it all the time and he and he would like watch the and he was just like he was just like you know the first episode like the first batch of episode whoo totally poorly paced and just like long and different and I'm just like I the first episode is not like the first episode is kind of perfect and one of the yeah. best Doctor Who episodes ever and certainly one of the classic series and it's easier to pull out first episodes and last episodes like Space Museum episode one or Pyramids of Mars episode one but this is just really special like it's a really 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 special story and interestingly enough made more special by Adventure of Space and Time uh, as we'll get to um uh, and watching these back to back is actually a really great decision. But looking at it, like it is, it is so good and so interesting in that they kind of just go to the weird place and they let it happen. Watching Susan dance to that '60s song is 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 messed up. Um, yeah, because she's so otherworldly about it. Yes. Um, also, because she's listening to a band called. Um, uh, is it, it's, it's John Smith and the something, right? Something John, like that. Yeah. John, I like to imagine that, that it's actually, it's actually the doctor, like in the future, <laughs> like who's just in a band, <laughs> uh, rocking, rocking those who shirts, you know? Like, yeah. And she's, and she's just, she knows. And so like, that's why she's listening to that band. That's my head cannon. My grandfather rocks y'all. Um, yeah. And she can't tell him that that's what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> because she knows she he, he can't know about his own future. Yes. Um, um and 
yeah, it's and it's I mean, just looking at her, like <clears throat> I think that there's things that are weird, things that are almost dated, like the thing where 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 Susan is just blatantly otherworldly towards everyone else where she just cannot blend in. The thing where it's like, England's not on the decimal system. Oh yet. yeah, and then like, it never is. Yeah, never is. Um <laughs> Yeah, that that's the thing that I noticed. They're like, oh, they are, they're not on the decimal system yet. And I was like, did England really look up to our decimal system? Because I got to be honest. I don't understand British currency. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, No, what's, what's funny about that is like, I actually miss that. Like, and I think that that's a large part of why she left the show is because they got rid of all of that. Because I was like, that made her character really interesting. And then she just became like, you know, girl who gets into shenanigans. Yeah, just um, like, w- like, just kind of like an offshoot—not sh- an offshoot, but like a what's the phrase I'm looking for? Like a very standard teenage girl, and not mm-hmm. special. And looking at it, especially in episode one, because I, I, I think it's honestly pretty much gone by episodes two through four. Um, yeah. But watching episode one and seeing how bizarre this woman is is fantastic and the sort of thing where it's just like anyone who wants to try and retcon out susan as the doctor's granddaughter which you shouldn't do because then you're just violating the continuity of your favorite show um Mm -hmm. i think is just like it's a great idea and seeing it here executed so well is tremendously heartening i suppose Mm -hmm. uh because it's so off-putting and it's so creepy it's still it still fascinates me though i mean I mean, in my in my head canon, and they'll never explain this. Like, it'll never happen. But like in my head canon, the doctor left because his children died, mm. and he took her away, like from Gallifrey. Because like otherwise, that, that that's the only explanation as to how he got away with this. <laughs> because like he took some, he took his kid's kid away, and then left her somewhere, like. When you think about it that way, like, it's kind of messed up. So, like, the only explanation for me is that he left because he couldn't stand to be on Gallifrey anymore because his his daughter or son or whoever died. Whoever, whoever's kid is Susan. Mm. I that's, like that's, that. I think that's the only explanation for me. It's just, like, he couldn't stand being there anymore because they died for some reason. And maybe that's even why he has a grudge against, against the Time Lords. Mm-hmm. It's because maybe they had a hand in it, because hmm. um, otherwise it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. But I uh, had you never thought of that before? No, I hadn't. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird, right? It is. I was thinking about it this time, and I was like, "Where's her parents? Aren't they concerned?" <laughs> um, especially you just... when you when you think about the Dalek invasion of Earth and her staying behind. I'm like, really? Like her parents are. I mean, they have no idea where their daughter is, and they're totally cool with it. They must be dead. That's the only explanation. <laughs> they must be dead. Um, I also it, – it's unfortunate about uh, Susan kind of losing her weirdness because I like the idea and, – and maybe I'll just pretend that this is what happened because I do like this idea. I like the idea that she starts weird and then over the course of the of the show, like between Unearthly Child and Invasion um, – uh, Dalek invasion that Ian and Barbara are sort of teaching her to be human so that by the time she stays behind on earth, she's sort of become like normal. Mm-hmm. I would have loved that as an arc. So I'm going to pretend that that's what happened. 
<laughs> even though it was like overnight. Um, yes. Like literally by episode two, she's not really that weird anymore. Yeah. Um, she's not even that smart anymore after no, that. She's not. Yeah. Wow, what a bummer. It's all book um, smarts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I am obsessed with that first episode. I really oh, it's, am. It's ludicrously good. Like, and yeah. it ludicrously good holds up. Amazing. I'm probably gonna watch it again tomorrow. I'll be honest. You should. Yeah. I think. I think you should, especially because like there's rumors that the fiftieth will have things taking place at Cole Hill School, um, and the junk in the scrapyard. Like there were some behind the scenes things that uh, show them there. So. Mm-hmm. it's got to be involved in some way, but also interesting because like, it's so obsessed with, um, it's so upset. Like the, the, the overall narrative of doctor who is really kind of obsessed with this episode in all these weird ways. Like Cole Hill school is where the doctor goes in remembrance of the Daleks because he's like digging up the treasure that he buried there when was there in the first place, which it's like, you don't need to explain this, but it actually makes remembrance of the Daleks really cool because remembrance of the Daleks is not interested in that. It's just interested in a good story. Um, but also, like, Attack of the Cybermen, where they return to the scrapyard, like, 20 years later. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's 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 fascinating and deeply iconic. I mean, like, the first shot is a tracking shot ending on the TARDIS in a way that is surprised. And, like, boom. Like, it's just boom. It's amazing. Um, it's, it's so, so brilliant. Um, I think that, uh, the, I think we should talk about the other three episodes, just because... You know, it's they're worth discussing, um, sure. however briefly, um, because I find I quite like them. I didn't like them at first, and the more I watch them, the more I like them. I mean, they're no, they're no unearthly child, but I find them, right. I don't know, deeply entertaining, fun. Like it's just super weird. Like there's just some super weird stuff in there. Like the the cave of skulls has a has a back entrance that's just loosely covered by brambles, um, which I just think is fantastic. <laughs> Yeah. So so okay. So basically, uh, what happens in in the other three is they end up in caveman times, and there's a caveman tribe, and the leader is the guy who can make fire. And the previous leader died, having never told his son how to start how to make fire. So you have his son frustratingly trying to create fire and 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 uh, telling everyone that he can do it. Um, because he thinks that it's a preordained thing because um, he is the son of the fire maker and the fire maker is dead. So that means that he is the new fire maker um, because, you know, caveman doesn't understand science um, and uh, and and he can't make fire. And so like his whole tribe is sort of turning on him because it's like it's it's starting to get really cold out um, and they need fire to survive. And uh, the. uh there's another guy who's like, you know what? I'm going to be the leader. And so like, they're sort of like warring fraction factions of this, of this, uh, of this caveman tribe. And then the doctor and, and everybody show up and they, uh, they make fire, uh, or, or Ian does. Um, and, uh, he makes fire like, like nothing. They, they, they're like stored away in the secret cave and then he makes fire and the guy's like, Oh, uh, I'm going to borrow this. And then he just takes the fire. He's like, ah, see, see, <laughs> um, and everybody's like, Oh, fire. Yay. Um, and, uh, and, and it's basically like, he has no idea how to make fire. So he is, he's trying to keep them there and, uh, they try to escape and he, he hunts them down and drags them back. And, and, and it's, it's a whole, like, 
It's a whole, like, we're prisoners, we escape, we're prisoners again sort of situation. Already um, in episode al- two. <laughs> yeah, already. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, the, the, I think the, I think the problem with the story is, like, one, cavemen are annoying. Um, there's no way around that. Um, they're, they're, they're annoying. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and two, uh, fire, um, fire not really the greatest uh like just like the greatest like plot device i guess so i mean it's a thing where it's just like it's like as a first episode it's like ah really this like you could have done anything and you did cavemen and fire um it just seems but then it wouldn't it wouldn't be good any other time either so i don't know like i don't i don't think it's bad like you said i really don't think it's bad i just think that it's it lacks a certain something, um, but I'm certainly glad it's only three episodes rather than four. Because if this was four episodes, yikes! <laughs> um, Indeed, but it's yeah, it's it's really just like I need fire. You can create fire. I'm going to keep you here so you can keep making fire secretly, and everyone think will think it's me. Um, and then, uh, and then they there's a fight between two cavemen, which is admittedly awesome, um, and like like some. Kind of high end stunt work, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of impressed by that. I was like, "Wow, really? This is like, this is this is Pertwee era stuff going on right now. <laughs> it's kind of nice." Um, and then uh, and then they leave, and, uh, and that's it. And then and then they go off, and they go meet the Daleks. Yes. Um, but uh, it's um, I mean, yeah, I I mean, I I think it's fine. I, I I don't I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's anything to write home about or anything. Um, but I do agree with Sanford in that you should judge it separately from the first episode. Yes. Um, because otherwise it drags down the first episode, which isn't fair to the yeah. first episode. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, too, because, I mean, we didn't really talk about it, but the last shot of the first episode is kind of genius, where mm. they they kind of just land on a planet, and then you just see the shadow of anyone, and it could be anything, and you're just like... Mm-hmm that's a mission statement like mm-hmm. that's a mission statement and then of course like the second episode like you can tell that you're gonna you're in for a rough ride because it's like god it could be anything and it's just some caveman just looking bored like cavemen with british accents it's my favorite thing <laughs> i love that they're cavemen re- with british accents they're really posh like really <laughs> really posh and the other thing <laughs> the other thing that i really like about this um Mostly because it never really happens, and they kind of don't really do it after this. I mean, they do it a couple of times in the Heartland Hour, but less and less. Is uh, by the end of the episode, you kind of miss it because I showed you Daleks before, but um, they get messed up in this. Like they're just dirty. The Doctor's hair is everywhere. Like it's just, it's just so messed up. And like every time I watch this, I'm just like, wow, they're really just going for the dirty, aren't they? Like just like that really messed up, mess up the costume, mess up the hair thing which i think is just it's just interesting to me given that you know there are very few stories that actually do that the story that most comes to mind is either like i don't know caves of andrasani end of time like the really like the last stories um because mm-hmm. you can burn the costumes because you're done but right fascinating i mean fascinating to me and like an, an interesting thing but it, i mean at the end of the day it's all about the first episode and just how ludicrously good it is um mm-hmm. and it only i mean it's only gets better like every time that you watch it it will only ever only get better um because it holds up like it is and it's so timeless despite the fact that it is clearly 1963 um it is impossibly timeless and Mm -hmm. fantastic 
and all the ideas it's just so mind-boggling yeah um like just 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 like them walking into that tardis and they do that they do that um they do that pan across the tardis when when Barbara first walks in. Yes. And you're just like, wow, this place is huge. Like the TARDIS set in, in this in these early this early era is massive. Yes. Like it's to a scale that I mean, it doesn't really ever get repeated until like McGann. Yeah, McGann. I, well, McGann's even bigger, I would say. But well, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like like McGann's is much bigger. Um, but I was thinking, like, I, I mean, I'd say the closest in size was probably um, Matt Smith's first TARDIS. Yes. Interior. That's probably the closest to this size that we've ever gotten mm-hmm. because because um, um, Tennant's and uh, and Eccleston's was closer to like the uh, Davison era. TARDIS, yeah, um, slightly Dave, bigger, but Tom Baker era, yeah. slightly bigger, but like just the architecture of the room, and it's interesting because it is so multicam setup. Like you have like the cutaway, so like you're looking at the fourth, you, you're the cameras are the fourth wall. Just the idea that like it's like kind of like an oblong shape and with angles, and then there's like a back door is fantastic. Like it's just like oh, that's great. And mm-hmm. makes sense why just a couple episodes later they would send like two episodes completely in the TARDIS um, mm-hmm. and make it not bad. Uh, so which I still can't wait to get to that. It, you're gonna love it. Like if you I'm wanted to really do excited. something, I actually wouldn't like. I wouldn't not recommend because I don't think we're getting to it for quite a while. If while you're waiting for the fiftieth, if you wanted to watch Edge of Destruction, I think you would be blown away by it. Like, mm. like, and, and just to be like, I want to celebrate Doctor Who by an early story. So like you watch Unearthly and then you watch Edge of Destruction. Edge of Destruction is amazing. Like, I think it's mm. amazing. I don't know what happens in it, really. Um, <laughs> like, because it's, it's all over the place and it's written by a madman, uh, written by David Whitaker. But it's just, it's crazy to watch. It's so crazy to watch. Um, nice. Yeah. So I, I, I might I, do that. I'd recommend that. Yeah. I might just do that. Hmm. Um, all right, so uh, we're going to talk about an adventure in space and time. Before we do, I want to remind you that we're also sponsored by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase any paperback, hardcover, omnibus, absolute edition, 35 to 45% off. That's, that's, that's a lot of comics, 35 to 45% off. Plus, new release specials are 50% off every week, so if you're, if you're fast, if you're, if you're quick on the trigger... Uh, go there on Wednesday and, and check their uh, check their new release specials because fifty percent off is nothing to sneer at. And remember, all orders over fifty dollars get free shipping. So uh, buy often and buy plenty. Thanks to InStockTrades.com. Um, okay, so an adventure in space and time. Um, I I was so excited for this. But I was always trepidatious a little bit because of Mark Adis, mm-hmm. um, who I I had yet to see uh, anything written by him that impressed me. Um, I can't say that anymore because uh, this was this was I thought this was beautiful. Um, my 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 only complaint I I only have one complaint about the whole thing, um, and then one thing that I was like, mm, really, that's a weird choice. Um, and really, the complaints are just sort of weird choices. Uh, and it's not, it's not him. That's, it's the director or the editor or whatever. But like that weird, the weird like cutaway shots where it's just like all of a sudden you just see like the people composing the music and then you just cut back to the scene you were just in. Weird. Yes. Uh, and, and and they do that like three times, I think, throughout it. 
Um, they do that again uh, when they're talking about Daleks and then you're seeing like the JFK assassination or what's supposed to be some version of the JFK assassination. <laughs> um, and I, But it's not – it's a handgun, not a rifle. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Those were weird choices um, that I didn't really care for, uh, weird editing choices. And then um, the inclusion of Matt Smith at the end. Um, weird. Mm-hmm. Weird. I, when, when Matt Smith yes. showed up, I was like – Really? <laughs> really? This is okay. Um, right. You know that this is just a TV show, right, Gatus? Like, he's not actually the doctor. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I got, I got what he was saying. I, I, I did. Like, I, I get that he's saying, like, oh, he was the guy that started it, and it was gonna be, it's gonna be around for another fifty years, and yada yada. And so, like, I, I do like that. It was just weird. Like when Matt Smith showed up. That was weird. Although there was something great about seeing Matt Smith behind that first TARDIS console. Yeah. Um, there was something possibly iconic about that. And it was like the moment when I realized, like, oh, Matt Smith has become an iconic doctor now. Like, mm-hmm. he, he, he's there. He has it. Like, he's no longer and, – and, you know, he's about to go out. But I would say it takes about three years for, for a doctor to become iconic because I, I still don't think Eccleston is iconic. As much as I love him, I, don't, I would never consider him an iconic doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's, it's nice seeing that – seeing Matt Smith behind that TARDIS and just being like, oh, wow, yeah, you're iconic now. Look at that. Huh. Weird. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, but, but beyond that, I thought this was beautiful. I loved this. Um, I, I thought the ending was a little abrupt, so I didn't m- much care for like the, the last like 30 seconds. I felt like they could have buttoned it up a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But, um, in general, like, yeah, no, this was, this was great. Like, I just, I love that, that, <laughs> I love that, that, that first shot of just like the, the Cyberman, uh, the Cyberman from, from, uh, uh, 10th Planet, and then he just like lights up a cigarette. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Oh, it's so good. Like the, the just the whole 60s thing. Oh, it's so sexy here. Oh, I love it so much. It's great. Yeah. I love all the BBC politics. I love that that uh that sequence that they keep repeating where uh William Hartnell is getting his picture taken with the new companions. Mhm. Love that. Like that's such a great device. Um and uh yeah, so like I I love this and I love it to a point where I kind of want them to do another one of these every year, focusing on a different Doctor's era. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would watch all of them and love every second of it. Um, yeah. Because this was so good. It's just so much fun. Yeah. My my problem with this was that it was just way too short. Um, yeah. Like, I, I know that they wanted to do a movie, and they know that they wanted to do, like, a docudrama. Um, but, like, I mean, and, and I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy it, but... The first half of this is was way more interesting to me than the second half um, mm-hmm. because I'm so much more fascinated in Verity Lambert than I am in William Hartnell, and that's not. And I think that like hanging it on Hartnell is not the wrong decision because mm-hmm. Hartnell's the one who has to give up the show in order for the show to survive. Um, in order for his legacy to survive, he actually has to give it up, and I think that that's a really brilliant use of character. That's a brilliant use of story. Um, also, a great pre callback with the "I don't want to go." Oh God, so good! Like, yeah, so good. Where I, I when he just, said that, I was like, "No!" And then he said it again. I was like, "Oh, you're killing me!" <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and it's like, and it's super emotional. Like, it's super hard to watch at a certain point. Like, like there are points where I just want to cry because, like, 
and not because I'm sad. Like, there's parts that are sad, like, very tremendously sad. Like, the back half of this, when once Verity Lambert leaves, um, it's just really, really hard to watch because, you know, Hartnell mm-hmm. should have left. Like, he should have left, but he doesn't want to show leave. too much. Yeah, and, 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 and he sh- that, that's the right call. Like, it's the right call to not do that. Um, but at the same time, like, that was really hard to watch. Whereas, like, I thought the first half is just so sexy, so interesting. And one of those things where, like, I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this is, like, the story. It's, like, the story of my favorite show. Like, mm-hmm. and what, like, what a story it is. Like, it's just crazy to see, like, the little victories, the, 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 the surprising, the, the whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I just wish that they could have just delved into all of it in just, like, a mini series or something. Um, just because it's just so interesting and watching like I just because watching Verity Lambert is just fascinating because she's so fascinating as a person and a massive champion for the show. Like w- watching like I think she watched what was it Doomsday and when she watched Doomsday she was just like the you did what I always <laughs> wanted to do which was just like that many Daleks and Davis was just like but you did do that many Daleks like. She's a nerd, but, like, a fan, like, and a cheerleader for the show, and she reminds me of someone like Julie Gardner, um, who just kind of, like, is brought in just because, you know, Sidney Newman is just like, hey, you'd be good at this, and she comes in, and she just kind of says, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right, and I'm going to do something that's really cool, and, like, watching her, like, sell the Daleks and be like, look, this is going to work, like, this is actually going to work is fantastic, and seeing, like seeing it happen is just is just fantastic and like what a, what a great pair piece where like watching this right after i'd seen unearthly child was just like amazing like unbelievably amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> and um i i was blown away like i was blown away and in tears and just like and just like sad i mean i i too agree with the matt smith thing there's a point uh, there's a part of me that is also like this is kind of um fan pandery where you just kind of threw in Matt Smith because Matt Smith's like the it thing. I know that's not why they did it, but mm-hmm. I, I also, well, have... I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure it didn't, it didn't, it didn't hurt. Oh, it absolutely um, probably didn't hurt. Um, <laughs> and, um, I don't know. I just, I just found this utterly brilliant, like just utterly stunningly spectacular and brilliant. And it was, it was really good. And like, the sort of thing where I appreciate, like, looking at it, like, apparently Gatiss has been trying to get this made for, like, 10 years. Like, he conceived of this for the 40th, and now he finally got to do it. Like, you can tell that it's something that he's been working on for a while, because all of his pulls were really interesting. Like, pulling the Web Planet was interesting, pulling Marco Polo, and seeing the sets in color is just like, uh, I wish that there were more stills in color. Because, um, mm-hmm. uh, oh my god, there did Marco Polo, and I was so happy. Um but like I love the like the massacre. Like he turns the massacre into something that's like really personal and like really fantastic. Um uh because the speech that he gives about how everyone's leaving him, that's straight out of the end of the massacre. Um and I just I love that. I love that he's just like a a grandfather and David Bradley does such a good job. If I have a complaint, it's that uh Bradley's too tall. <laughs> like Oh which, yeah, yes he is, isn't he? Yeah, and that bothered me the whole time. Um but <laughs> what what bothered me about his his performance, like when he's just being William Hartnell, <clears throat> it was good. I, I I loved it. My problem with his performance is that <clears throat> they probably told him <clears throat> to not worry about it um, so much. But like I I wish he had aped Hartnell's performance 
a little bit more. Yes. When he was playing the doctor. Because yes. there's that speech where he's saying goodbye to Susan and he does that speech completely different mm-hmm. from from the way it's done in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they make it they make it even worse by like ending the movie on that note. Yeah. Um, on the actual William Hartnell clip. And I'm just like, that's not how he performed it at all. Yeah. And it was it's it bugged me. So like every time he was actually in the show acting like the doctor, it became uh, really apparent that um, he wasn't aping the performance and it bugged me. It took me out of it a little bit. Yeah. I, it made me wish that like, I don't know. Cause, cause this is a fine line where it's like, I, he needs to like be the first doctor. And that's like a very specific, that's much more esoterically specific than like just being the doctor. Um, cause it took me, it took me out of it as well. And like when they played it at the end, um, cause that, I mean, that speech at the end of, Dalek invasion is just amazing and one lane like deeply iconic I mean it's the thing that started what the 20th like the 20th opened with that um it could open with anything and it opened with that um I think that like playing that at the end was not necessarily the word like the best decision given that he started like it was in there and it was and like, I don't I don't think it was a bad delivery but it just was like a wrong delivery um well and and I think that I think ending the movie on that note didn't really it did. It didn't. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't play for me. Like I feel like it would have been better to end it on his regeneration. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, like rather than saying like this is the end of William Hartnell, saying William Hartnell started something. Yeah. I think would have been a better note to end the movie on than mm-hmm. the depressing note of he's giving up the show that he didn't want to give up. Mm-hmm. Um. Because like I don't know. It, it kind of. I feel like it kills the hope a little bit. I mean, yeah, they have Matt Smith in there, and and I know that that's what he's doing. But it would it would have been nice to like lace William Hartnell into that idea, yeah. Um, rather than making it feel like it's outside of him, which mm-hmm. is a a problem for me emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I and I totally agree. And I think that that's like a Gatiss thing, where it's like, I mean, as good as this <clears throat> is, and it is ridiculously good. Um, uh, Gatiss is still Gatiss, and Gatiss is just like I mean he's a he's a he's a fine writer. He's just not a great writer, like an amazingly great writer. And right, uh, it is the thing where it's like his closeness to Doctor Who um, greatly helps this. But it's interesting all the little places where it kind of uh, has like ends up leaving the narrative short because it uh, it can be a little too nostalgic, I suppose. And that I think is the greatest example of that because. Again, that speech is impossibly iconic. And going back to it, it's like, I understand why you did that. Like, I understand why, but not the best choice. Like, just not the mm-hmm. best choice. And, like, because it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. <clears throat> yeah. And Other it, than iconography. That's yeah. all it meant. And, and ending this, and ending this, like, was going to be hard anyways, because the point is that it never ends. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's just, it's just, fascinating to me um just fascinating in that like gatus can get it so right and then like you know just trip up in a few places and not in a way that like hurts this because i think that this is a thing that everyone should watch um especially if you like this show and i think that you it will make you really appreciate it and just see that you know it is a remarkable television show and it is a remarkable story and it's just fantastic like it's just it's so fantastic and i I loved it. Um, I loved it. I, I um, oh, go. I, 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 I want a sequel. Like I do. I want a <laughs> sequel about the Patrick Troughton era. Um, I, I want it so bad. 
I yeah. want. I mean, I really. I just want it every. I want. I want. Um, I want one for like for every doctor because I I love the idea of like getting to the fourth doctor who would probably have to have two films. Let's be honest. Um, he was the doctor for way too long, and there's lots of drama and cool stuff going on. Yeah, the second um, one would just be a interpersonal relationship about how he got a really bad divorce. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the, the, uh, no, but the, the fourth, I love the idea of like the fourth doctor era ending on this like empire strikes back moment where, 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 uh, where, where John gets the show and he was just like this little nobody. And then they give him the show and he's like, yes, finally, (laughs) (laughs) you just end on this dark empire strikes back moment of, of him getting the show, knowing that he, he never lets go of it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and just like a movie of the story of like the of the of the of the TV movie, oh, and all of that stuff because that's a great story. Yep. Oh, yeah. I want sequels. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. I want, um, I want one every year. <laughs> every year. Let's do this. Come on, BBC. <laughs> this couldn't have been that expensive, right? Not not like super much. Um. Yeah, I mean, I would assume the costumes are what cost the most. Because, I mean, the sets are supposed to be cheap, so. Yeah, and even then, the BBC does ridiculously good costume drama, so. Yeah. 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 I love, I love that bit where the door won't shut. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> or it won't stay, it won't stay shut, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, love that. Yeah. And, and, I mean, that's the thing that I really like, is, like, all the behind-the-scenes details of the first half are amazing. Like, mm-hmm. stunt, like, so good. Like, and I remember... I started watching it and I was like, you know, it was really late. I didn't start this till almost midnight last night and I got up at six o'clock to record this. So just so you know how dedicated I am, everyone worship at my feet. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, watching it and I started, it was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Like, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And I was watching like the first 10 minutes. I was like, all right, all right. I still have a lot to go. And then I blinked and it was 45 minutes later. Like, because yeah. once it once it starts moving, like once like once Verity Lambert meets William Hartnell, it just runs, and it's just yeah. and it, and it, I mean it blows through story and it blows through like time really quickly, and I, that that device of the the TARDIS rotating um, clicker timer thing is a great device. Um, mm-hmm. But once it starts rolling, it just starts rolling, and it what what is that thing called the Euromatic or something? <laughs> It's my favorite thing. Oh, so sexy. The, the Eurometer. That's what it was. <laughs> the Eurometer. Oh, that's my favorite thing. Or or perhaps the Eurometer, if you will. Uh. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm sure that's how you would pronounce it in England. Yeah. <laughs> Eurometer. I, I like I like I like I like Euro- Eurometer. Yeah, it's nice. Um yeah. but it's um it's it's great. Like it's just so great and one of those things where I was like I don't know. I'll see it once, and I'm sure that'll be fine. And it's like almost like halfway through, and I was like, "No, I need to own this. Like, I yes. need to buy it." Um, yes, I'm, gonna, it. I'm watching this again this weekend. Like, nice. I, uh, I think I, I might watch wait. this every year as we so hit much. the the like the anniversary. Like, and uh, weird that this is the way that I celebrate Doctor Who, but only because. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I don't, I wouldn't know what story to watch besides Unearthly Child. Like I wouldn't know what episode of the show to watch to celebrate every year. Um, because I wouldn't want to watch the anniversaries necessarily because those feel like eventy things. Um, and are so right. like twenty like two five doctors I could watch maybe <clears throat> once every five years or something for the for the anniversary. Just like oh, this is my treat for this one. Um, 
But this was this thing where it's like, oh, I could watch this every year. Like every every year, November 23rd, just pop it in and just have a good time. Um, be really great. Really, really great. I would love to see um, – you know how uh, how uh, there's those there's those shows that, that – um, those like skit shows or whatever that do – those videos of just like, oh, what's the the somebody's version of this show of this or somebody else's version of this, like filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I would love to see someone make that uh, where it's just like, what is Wes Anderson's version of this movie, or what is Aaron Sorkin's version of this movie? <laughs> just because, like, I would just love to see, like, I, I just I would love to see the super dramatic version of this. Oh yeah. Um, I, I think that would be that'd be really fun. No, but uh, I'll be, I mean, I'll be honest. Like when when uh, when uh, William Hartnell is um, on the on the park bench with his wife, and that kid comes up for an autograph or whatever, and they turn, and there's that whole crowd of kids. I cried. Like, oh yeah, I totally cried. Like, I was just like, oh my god, this is so good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just it's like it's oh god, it just I just love this show so much. Yeah. And it's a thing like we're really hard on the Moffat era, but like this will never stop being our favorite show. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Regardless. We, we, we love it. And that's that's why uh, we're so hard on the Moffat era because we just, you know, we expect more. And it's uh, not what I want from the show. Like, and, right. and that's that's fine. That doesn't mean that it doesn't work for other people. It's just like mm-hmm. in terms of my vision of what Doctor Who is, it's just not. And mm-hmm. this is interesting because this is actually just a bunch of um, – a bunch of Doctor Who and stuff, and it's really great. Like, it's just really great. Um, yeah. yeah, beautiful, wonderful. I'm so yeah, glad. I'm everybody so, should watch it. Yeah, I'm so glad I watched this. And, like, not in a way where I wasn't going to, but just, mm-hmm. this could have been so bad. <laughs> this could have been, yeah. just, like, mediocre. Um, it's not. It's really special. If you guys are planning on getting the Blu-ray for Day of the Doctor, um, which... You should probably because the the I, you know what what most people are saying is that um, it's not going to be included in the next season set. Um, mm. It's only going to be available separately. Uh, so if you get it, um, I believe uh, I believe an adventure in space and time is included in the set for mm. Day of the Doctor. So um, on Blu-ray, which is awesome. It's nice. Yeah. It is nice. Um, so if you uh, if you didn't catch it on on BBC America last night or on BBC a couple of nights ago, um, then uh, that's your other option to see it. Um, <laughs> and plus, it'll be on iTunes and everything else. But yes, um, yeah, so good, so good. Although I do highly recommend watching an unearthly child before watching this. Just yeah. the first episode. It'll make it'll make it more special and more mm-hmm. like you'll. You'll appreciate the references more. Like watching them do the thing is just Mm -hmm. like, oh, I know this. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. All right. That's it. You guys, we're done with our countdown, which means that uh, the next time we talk to you, we're going to be talking about Matt Smith, David Tennant, and John Hurt in The Day of the Doctor. Um, Plus Tom Baker, Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy. And Paul McGann in the Big Finish Audio 50th Anniversary Special, The Light at the End. Yeah. Um, so uh, lots of stuff. And uh, possibly other things as well. Um, possibly, depending on how the day of the doctor goes. <laughs> yeah, because we have nothing o'clock to discuss, um, which is the, the 11th Doctor ebook written by Neil Gaiman. Uh, depending on how the day of the doctor goes, we are discussing it or not discussing it. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Uh, it should be noted, we don't know anything that you don't know. We just have a theory. Um, we'll find out if we're, we're right next 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 episode. If you guys see that stuff on there, then uh, know that we were right. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's that. Man. Man. Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. It's all I want to do is just watch Doctor Who stuff all the time right now. Yep. Yep. Hey. Just in time right. for the 50th. <laughs> and how. Um, all right. So uh, we've got Doctor Who fever, and we're going to get out of here. Um, enjoy the 50th, everyone. Uh, in the meantime, you can check out our other podcasts, um, The Mind Robbers, uh, our flagship podcast. We had an episode a while back, like about a week ago. Um, should have another one in about a week. Um, and then uh, The Mind Robbers Versus, we're doing Justice League Unlimited. Uh, we're almost done with the first season of that. Um, I think we're halfway through at this point. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, there's that. Um, you can follow us on Twitter too. Twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Also Scott commentary where I live tweet things, but I, I won't be between now and then. Um, Matt, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Twitter.com slash Gungan and also my Twitter account, Twitter.com slash G commentary. Also my blog, classical gallifrey.blogspot.com where you can find my thoughts on, 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 on an unearthly child. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, that's up there, and I, I mean, I talked about it extensively, and it was really, really interesting. Um, I remember that someone posted a comment when I posted that article, and I was just like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. I don't know about this caveman thing. And he made this really interesting argument that I, I was like, you know, I'm not saying I agree, but you have to make a very good point. Um, and if you want to know what that is, find that article and read the comment <laughs> oh, <nice>. because, <laughs> yeah, because whatever um <laughs> just like i'm not gonna tell you you just go to my website and check it out yourself. look i need the link traffic for the advertising i don't have um <laughs> very good so so that um but yeah good stuff enjoy all right uh happy 50th everyone and uh that's because that's when this came out so happy 50th everyone Woo! and uh hopefully you listen to this right before the 50th uh, aired because that would be fun right yeah right Hi, yeah everyone um all right we'll uh we'll we'll see you on the other side of the 50th and and we'll talk to you uh in a couple of days i think it should hit monday um, yes like monday afternoon so um be on the lookout for that and our thoughts on that and we will see you then bye bye guys <laughs>